Accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Continuing our run through Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Right now we're up to the episode called Let He Who Is Without Sin dot 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 it is the seventh episode of the fifth season aired on november 11th 1996 it was written by iris Stephen bear and robert hewitt wolf directed by renee abergenois in this episode while Worf, dax bashir lita and quark vacation on risa Worf decides to join a radical fundamentalist group determined to start a political revolution on risa we're joined by clay clay how are you i'm good uh do you remember years ago uh, the commercials on the radio all the time always on like Usually it was like jamming ninety four five or Kiss one hundred eight for uh, Hedonism three. What, what, were, the, what were the ads for? It's the name of the place was called Hedonism. It was basically like a, a <laughs> like an island, a, a, a Caribbean vacation resort. Yeah, a, vaca- a vacation, a Caribbean fuck vacation. I think basically. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the writers of this episode must have been listening to a lot of those. A lot of those uh, ads because uh, this episode's gross. Watching, watching a lot of. Um, Paradise Isle or whatever that show was on Fox, or it's like people are just having sex with each other and then voting each other. Well, there's a new one. There's a new one on USA now about a bunch of couples that go to like Temptation Island that's full of sexy singles trying to break them up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, maybe that was a backdoor pilot for this, um, (laughs) or this was a backdoor pilot for that. I don't know. Stop saying Uh, backdoor. Please stop saying backdoor. Yeah. It also reminds me of one of my favorite things from Arrested Development when uh, Job is trying to pitch ideas to, fuck city. to I think it's Sitwell. He's like, <laughs> yeah. guess what? You're in Fuck City. <laughs> That's how I imagine the pitch meeting for this episode went. <laughs> Sudden Valley. It sounds like salad dressing. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about Let He Who's Without Sin, which is a controversial episode, but it's so, so sexy. But anyway, we're going to take a break, play an audio clip. Me and Claire are going to come back and break down Let He Who Is Without Sin. That wasn't very nice. Why? Is there something of hers you want? Arandis was Curzon's lover, not mine. I hope you remember that. You're still angry about Captain Baudet. If I am angry, it is because you do not take our relationship seriously. Or if we just got here, do we have to start arguing again? If you were a Klingon woman, we would already be married. In case you haven't noticed, I am not a Klingon woman. That is no excuse. I have been loyal to you. And I expect you to be loyal to me in return. I have been loyal to you, but I'm not going to let you run my life. I'm not trying to run your life. Then I'm going to go and have a big glass of Eichelberry juice. That is a mistake. You are allergic to Eichelberry juice. It makes your spots itch. But I like the taste. Fine. Have as much Eichelberry juice as you like. But it is still a mistake. But it is my mistake to make. All right, so here we are. The seventh episode of the fifth season. Fifth season has felt very odd to me so far. Uh, compared to the fourth season, um, I guess I'll lead off with this point. Like the what was funny, Clay, about the fourth season <clears throat> is that uh, going in, didn't know much about it. I kind of remembered it being good. What kind of blew me away was the consistency of the fourth season, and mm-hmm. it's really kind of a weird, fluky year for the show. Um, not that the other seasons are bad by any stretch, but. There was no really terrible episodes in the previous season. The worst we had, we had a couple twos that were in there. Um, And it's weird. Season five has started off and it feels like it's a little bit all over the place for me, Uh, which brings us to this point, which is let he who is without sin, which is probably the biggest failure of an episode the show has done in a long time. Um, It's a weird one. I don't know where to go. Although at the same time, I feel I can defend this episode on some level. I feel like I I feel like I understand what is trying to happen and it's just not coming together. And I don't know if that makes it better or makes it a noble failure or anything, but what would you think about this? I really disliked this episode quite a bit. There you go. <laughs> uh I I don't know. I I don't like it when Star Trek attempts to do Oh, maybe this is maybe this is sort of the first time they did it. But this was an episode that made me feel like, why is this a Star Trek episode? Um, 
it's about some couples going to a resort and then some fundamentalist Christians showing up and saying like, you guys got to stop showing your tits to everybody. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's basically it's basically they go to Jamaica and F- Worf spends the whole time in his hotel room watching Fox News. Right. <laughs> and I like I for for the for the concept you have in your show, why waste an episode doing this? I didn't find anything like first off, I stand by what I said. This episode's gross. Like it's not even it's not even like fun sexy. It's just gross. Yeah. Uh and there's so much just non-Star Trek stupid, you know, uh, morality going back and forth. That's just like they're just using the Star Trek as a cover. They're not actually – this isn't a Star Trek story. It's a story with Star Trek trappings. And then it culminates with Worf giving the I shot a kid monologue from Die Hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. What the hell are we doing here? My um, – I can't – We'll get to it, but I, I can't really defend Worf's uh, soccer story. <laughs> That's pretty much that def- was the worst written speech I've ever heard <laughs> in a TV show. It was. It sounded like it was written for a, like a sixth grade play. It was. It's, like it's, any, it's at any point, when when in your life have you have you said anything that sounds like it was at that point that I turned around, filled to the brim with excitement, and I looked at like what the who the fucking talks like that? I just Nobody think talks like that. I think it's funny to have Worf say corner kick. He's like I was lining yeah. up to defend yeah. the his soccer. His soccer language is very accurate. <laughs> Then he jumped up to head the, the one that stood out to me was he said I jumped up to head the ball and I was like oh yeah I guess that's what you call it I guess we'll get back to Worf and his um his story I think that you know this this is operating against a couple tough issues for the th- uh, for the show like Star Trek doesn't do sex very well this feel, feels mm-hmm. like to me like it's that modern meme of. Uh, TNG says, boy, you know, we don't do sexy episodes very well. After the second season, let's stop doing them. And DS9 says, hold my beer for me. And yeah, it's like, we're yeah. just going to do some sexy episodes. They they occasionally, they don't ever succeed at it. The best they would do would be something like Looking for Parmok, which we just watched, which is kind of like a lighthearted little comedy. It doesn't lean into the sex aspect of it. It's more about like the relationships going on. It's kind of funny and silly and stupid. This one runs into the brick wall of... You can't show sexy stuff on syndicated TV for this. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't fit the tone of Trek to do it. Like, no one ever talks about it. It comes off as so bizarre where no one in the universe really ever talks about sex. And even in this episode, they have a hard time talking about sex. They all kind of, they use like mm-hmm. euphemisms or they just kind of wink, wink at each other, even though the episode is built all around it. And it comes out of nowhere so hard. <laughs> okay, so. It, <laughs> So it comes out of nowhere. Does and, it, Wes? And you, <laughs> you're just you're left um, with a bit of a mess on your hands. <laughs> yeah. So I think that the I think that the the problem with it is it runs into this brick wall of like Star Trek isn't sexy, and they're trying to do a show about something that you can't do on this show. So it's a failure from the start in terms of a concept. Yeah, I would agree. Like I. <clears throat> I part of me feels okay about what they're trying to do as far as Worf as Worf's character goes. I think I this just, totally fits Worf's character. I, I would actually defend. I think it does too. I would defend the way that Worf is written in this episode. I think. I think that the the problem is everything around Worf is not yes. really suited to what you're trying to say about Worf. Yes, I would agree. I think I think Worf's arc in this episode makes sense. Except, uh, let me. I think it makes sense. I, th- I think what they're trying to do is is consistent with him and makes sense. But I th- I would have preferred Worf. The main struggle that Worf has in this episode, I would have preferred it to come from something he's actually doing instead of something he's not doing. So. Yeah, do you instead want to flesh of, that out? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of going down to Sex Planet and just being a prude the whole time, I think I probably would have preferred it if they were on Deep Space Nine and these fundamentalist guys showed up and Worf is actually letting himself go with Dax. Like they're screwing all the time. That's apparently established at the beginning. Yeah, seven he's times a month. He's having a great at least. time. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 actually he's starting to loosen up, and then these guys show up, and 
and make him rec- realize that maybe he shouldn't be doing this and may- feeling bad about himself. Not, not instead of just being a stick in the mud and just ruining it for everybody else because he can't have a good time. That's like, the- I, I would, I would much prefer. I mean, and also the way that they start criticizing, <laughs> criticizing everybody on the planet is you guys are down here on this sex planet when you've got holodecks and replicators up on the, th- so you don't mind if they go up and they have holodecks, weird sex. Yes. You just want, like, you just don't want it to happen on this, this planet. Like if this, if these guys came on the deep space nine and were like, guys, stop fucking around, stop going to bars, stop going to holodecks, stop screwing your friends or st- screwing your girlfriends, the dominion are out there and they're coming you have to get back to what the federation means that kind of stuff i feel like that would be more effective because it's a group of it's a situation that we're familiar with it's it's uh, commenting on things that we are have been living with as the audience we've come to accept as stuff that people just do um and you've got characters your main character who's having a conflict actually participating in the story instead of just you know wet blanketing his way through the yeah I, I think that the there's a lot of things that go wrong. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I think that you can do this on Ryza. The the problem is ultimately that Worf becomes a terrorist at a certain point and like destroys right. a weather system in the name of whatever the fuck he thinks he's believing. And the other I think that the the one of the bigger problems maybe with this happening on Ryza to me is that because this um this fundamentalist group, the essentialists, have shown up there. The Risens have a sort of non-hostile take towards them, which I guess makes sense in terms of Risa, but it also makes them seem, this essentialist group seems so inept and boring. Like, there, there's no threat to them whatsoever. Like, people don't really care about them. And mm-hmm. the leader of them is maybe the worst villain in Star Trek history. Like, he's awful. He's awful. There's, there's really nothing going on for him. He's got nothing to do. He- he sounds he sounds like the worst aspects of my post Fox News father because <laughs> he's like he's like the he's the person that says I never go to the movies people get shot at the movies like mm-hmm. that's the that's that's his whole ethos is is basically you know Sean Hannity in, in out in the world yes yeah I mean they but they're interesting because I guess we can talk about them they I don't really know what they're fundamentalist about because yeah. They claim to be sort of fundamentalist Federation types, but I feel like what the Federation is built on is all about what Ryza represents. Maybe not the sex, but like the, the sort of like in the freedom of it. You know, they they feel more like they're harbingers for the Dominion than anything else. They don't feel like they mm. fundamentally believe in the Federation and they don't come across as they don't. They're hint, you know, they're, they're, the symbolism is supposed to be that they're basically religious uh, conservatives, but they don't mm-hmm. have any religious angle to them. They're just like, you know, he calls himself an academic and the Federation, apparently he just, he's more concerned that they're not ready for war. And he has very concerned, like his concerns about what people are doing instead of prepping for war just feels like they're a little bit detached from each other because they're not, they're not tied to any sort of like greater mythology or mythos that we'd be aware of. So he seems like he's just some random dude showing up who doesn't, he's not getting any, so he doesn't want anybody else to get any. And that's about it. Yeah. And I think, I think they run into a problem because they, they need something they need to pr- present him as being fundamentalist towards something that we can recognize because Worf needs to be affected by it. And so it needs to be something that he cares about. Um, and they can't use God because God doesn't really exist so much. God's an in alien this. In, in this series. Yeah. You can, you can yeah. understand what God is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they choose Starfleet. Which is a recognizable thing, except they're not, it's not like, it, this might be more interesting if it was an accurate um, potential indictment of how much the show has changed. Like, if you if you have this guy who, basically, you're pitting your classic Roddenberry thing versus your more modern Deep Space Nine thing. Sure. If it was, if it was a bit of a, a, a skewed perspective of that where they're actually butting the heads of the two kind of different show philosophies together um that would be something but this starfleet that he keeps referencing is not something that exists or ever has existed as far as we know although although maybe he's referencing the, the starfleet from uh, from discovery i don't know <laughs> i mean he's because it seems very similar um well the the thing about but at the same time though sorry at the same time it also it's kind of 
accurate to the way that these people work in real life. Like if you if you look at the analog of this guy in real life, he's less of a fundamentalist Christian as much as he is not to harp on it, kind of like a pro-Trump Republican, mm-hmm. right? Because he, he's more of a he's more of a, a, a trust the government and you have to get back to doing what the government says kind of thing. He's one of those people more than he is necessarily like a, you know, you need as as the as the woman so eloquently says in Bad Boys 2, you motherfuckers need Jesus. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um yeah. I mean do you so if if you go off of so, I mean, the, the problem there, though, the way that I feel like yeah, I could defend the episode is that his concerns mm-hmm. about the Dominion and, like, the security of the Federation make sense to me. And DS9 itself has been hinting at this. Do you think right? they should build a wall, Wes? <laughs> it's tougher in 3D space, but if they build an iron bar fence, I think we're onto something. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, the the show itself has been hinting all the way back to the search, which is the one where they find they meet the founders and they go through that like sort of mental program to see the found, the founders want to see how they'll react to an invasion. You mm-hmm. know that was that implied Cisco has little faith in what the Federation will be able to handle if it runs into something. They've been hinting at this all through the series. So what this guy, I, I like your idea of bringing it back to the station because I think that would fix that. And if you made this, I, I don't know if you. If you made if removed it from the goofy, just they're on a sex planet where no one's really having sex. Everyone's wearing bathing suits that are very like cover a lot. Like this is this is not a very mm-hmm. erotic place, Riza, in terms of what the show can show us. But if you remove them from that and you do a little bit more of a subtle job of linking Worf's relationship problems to his sort of fear of the Federation unraveling because Worf's a stickler for the rules and he likes the sort of like the honor bound stuff. I think you can save what's going on. Yeah. The, the 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 problem I have with Worf to bring it back to Worf is that while the arc and everything makes sense for Worf, like I think that this is something he, he would do. He runs into the problem at the end where he basically causes a terrorist act that destroys a weather system. His his thing with Dax is strange because while I totally understand Worf's point of view, especially from this like Klingon point of view of like, I don't want you sort of going out there and seeing your ex-girlfriend and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Dax, in a more mature show, there you could build the Dax character a little bit differently. Dax is giving him nothing here. You know, like there's no <clears throat> reason that he should be so suspicious of her. Right. And so it just keeps... You, you mean you wouldn't feel weird if you walked in on your wife caressing a giant mound of clay <laughs> not me you know what i mean yeah <laughs> running through the fingers i, I would yeah i would have thrown that uh that hanging um the the lace curtains that they've hung up all over the place and gotten the hell out of there <laughs> I, I, I you know what i mean i i think that in a in a more mature show you could actually build them so that dax has a little bit of a personality that is contradictory to Worf and you could actually understand mm-hmm. where his problem is coming from. It feels like to mm-hmm. me in this episode, he lists a lot of stuff that we don't see. She has lunch with some captain that we don't see um, yeah. and stuff like that. Like yeah. it, Worf really comes across as a dick, not because I think he's wrong because I think jealousy is a totally natural thing that Worf should undergo right. in this, but Dax is being mm-hmm. so innocent about everything that it's hard to really buy into Worf, uh, what Worf is trying to sell. Yeah, and I think it's totally fair that they come at it from kind of a cultural angle, too, as far as uh, the um, Worf's idea of what Klingon women are supposed to do and how that... And totally I think in that character. I actually... What's that? Totally in character for him. Oh, he's, yeah. He's concerned yeah. about what he thinks a Klingon woman should do. Yeah, and I think that whole thing, I thought that was the best through line of the episode, because I think the payoff of that is great when or it, it par- is partially great anyway, when they get into that argument and Dax basically calls him on his bullshit being like, dude, you're not, you, you're barely a Klingon. I've met You've more Klingons spent less, than you. I've yeah. spent more time with Klingons than you have. You know, it, like that, I, I really enjoyed that they called him on that. I thought that was good. Um, Cause you know, it just, it, it, it amplifies that all of these things that he's feeling are based on essentially him reading the Klingon book of how relationships work mm-hmm. as opposed to actually enjoying uh, or actually having a relationship. And it's like he, they do. I, I think bringing up this aspect of him being so uptight is good because I think we've mentioned that kind of before where he's very much 
not a fully formed Klingon. He's 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 a he's a hipster Klingon who just gloms on to the uh uh he, he's like a guy he's like a he's like a uh he's like a a, a a white guy in his 20s who really loves japanese culture yeah so yeah. he always dresses like a samurai but yep. has no concept of what any of that stuff actually means and like the other side of how those people actually lived so Worf loves he's he's really into presenting as a klingon but he's forgetting that there's this whole other side where they are very passionate and they do like half 90% of the time we're introduced to Klingons is them going, yeah, I know they're drunk. They're drunk. Like yeah. Throwing and drinks and shit. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not being a fucking uptight asshole. Darren, um, uh, Darren, so I like been that on, stuff. Well, Darren who's been on the show writes it is Worf is basically, he's the most and least Klingon uh, character. Yes. Yeah. Like that's he, a good way he, to put he, it. Yeah. He is, he, he's, he's more honorable than most of them. So he sort of buys into their sort of their structure of how life should be, but he also has trouble yeah. just living it up. Like a lot of them seem to have no problem doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I like that part of it, but I think overall you could have couched that in a more, uh, relatable story as far as like the, the location and the actual problem. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's just, it doesn't work for me overall. You know, the the original idea, what they wanted to do before, the, I always find excuses like this weird because they, they the producers afterwards have said that the problem they ran into is that they couldn't, they couldn't show sex on TV like this. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you guys should kind of know this at this point. What's, when did this episode come out? 96. Oh, okay. All right. So the original idea was that they really wanted to show this conflict of what sex would be like in the 24th century. And I think you get a hint of it here where everyone seems very open to swinging in this episode. Like (laughs) everyone's kind of cool with other people having sex with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think the show originally, the original idea would have been like, does it make sense? Is like, is that a future that is possible or, or, and would it be like unproblematic for our characters on this show to go through that? And I think you still see the bones of that story there. Mm. And Worf would be the real stickler character who I I don't even like if that was the story, I wouldn't even really have a problem with Worf's point of view. Like I would wonder if that was the story, how many people would start sort of like promoting the sort of like free love lifestyle thing. And I, I think that the episode in that case would have something really interesting to like discuss and talk about. They they stay away from it. And instead we get um too many characters, like in my opinion, I don't know why Bashir, Lita, and Quark are here in this episode. I would yeah. have rather just focused on Worf. So you get distracted by these other characters. You get distracted by these sort of breakup and other people <coughs> having sex and Lita showing her tits basically in the passage parlor and then Bashir's kissing that woman <laughs> on the beach. And it's all it's all it's all this G-rated stuff going on. And it feels I watch it and I feel sort of like if I was hanging out with like my parents and uncles and they all just started like making out at family gatherings. Yeah. It's kind of like a, Ugh, like, oh God, what the hell's yeah, going on? Yeah, I felt this, I felt the exact same way. That's why I think it just feels so gross because it's just, it's just a really, uh, it's like, <laughs> It's like when you watch one of those ep- when you're a kid or you're younger and you and you stay up late and you watch one of those episodes of Real Sex on HBO mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, this is gonna be great. This is gonna see boobs. It's gonna be amazing. This is adult and then content it's just right like, here. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just like a forty minutes about uh, some weird nudist yoga over fifty community. Yeah, octogenary selective like, run around naked uh, with body paint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's not exactly what you what you thought you were getting. Um uh Yeah, I think that goes I think that kind of falls into the same category with me as w- uh why I wish they had put it on Deep Space 9 because I think the the problem the problem with dealing with that or approaching it from that manner on this weird sex planet is that the it makes the se- you're making the sex planet like um uh exceptional yes so right. it's like you've got these uptight starfleet people who go down to the sex planet and let loose that that that's not really addressing what you're trying to say right it's like so a real life had, holodeck in some ways like it only exists in this very limited aspect and you, you're not yeah. you don't appreciate what they're doing on a societal level you just say well when you go to this planet everyone basically wears a condom at all times yeah yeah exactly whereas if they had put this on deep space 9 
and still had similar kind of relationships, probably a little bit more subdued. Well, I mean, it's not, not they're not really not subdued here, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like if, if, if they, you could still do the interactions with uh, Bashir and, and Lita. And I didn't Worf even realize they were dating down at this them. point. I feel like I missed something yeah. there. I, I didn't remember that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. I thought she was dating, uh, was she not dating Jake or is that a different Dabo girl? Different Dabo girl. Oh. Uh, you could still do all the stuff with them on Deep Space Nine and still have Worf like looking down on them and sort of judging them. Yeah. Uh, it, but just have that process they're going through just happen on Deep Space Nine. And because it's there's no reason why it would need to be any different. This, you know? al- this also feels like it should be a sect of Bajoran religion culture. Yeah. You know, like that, that would ground it a little bit more for me than just some abstract guys in gray jackets coming around telling you things like yeah if this was built out of the bajoran religious angle i think i would have a little bit of an easier time buying into what they're selling as opposed to here where it's more of a like a mental gymnastics they have to go through but i agree that ds9 would ground it a little bit more you'd have a little bit more of a I'd also, I also feel like it would be more believable that these people would be allowed to exist on DS9 because Cisco would have sort of a hands tied, like, well, I can't kick them out because they haven't done anything to us, mm-hmm. where the Ryzen's, it feels like they're trespassing on a vacation property, and I feel like they should be yeah. told to get the fuck out of here. Well, I was thinking the exact same thing. That's why I, uh, the whole time they were on the screen, I'm thinking, where are these guys staying? Are they paying to stay here? Are they on the resort? Yeah. Like, yeah. are they walking around giving everybody bullshit during the day, but they're still also like showing up at the same group dinner at the end of yep. the day, you know, yep. it, like it, 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 it brought up too many questions for me. Whereas if, yeah, if they were just on deep space nine, deep space nine is, is, is a, is sort of a, a catch all by nature. Yeah. Open so ports. you would expect, yep. yeah, you would expect these kind of people to come through, you know, the, the the other thing that I think is really funny about this episode, we'll, we'll do this and then get to Worf's little story because it's goofy as hell. But I think that um, the structure of this episode really kind of sucks. The the pacing is pretty terrible. I always laugh at the um, Worf arrives on the thing and he's like, all right, Dax, I'm going to go change into my swimsuit. He's in his room. A guy just bursts in and says, I'm a fundamentalist. Will you listen to me? Yes. Worf goes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They just have to, there's no, they they couldn't come up with a more natural way for this guy to meet Worf, like at the bar or something like that. Like he he comes yeah. into his room and just kicks the door down and is like, listen to me, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I, that, that stuff just, it felt so weird and so forced. And again, it was, it was like the stuff he was selling was like, it was like if someone, if you're, yeah, if you're on vacation, somebody knocks on your door and is like, Hey, uh, we're having a, a meeting of the, uh, United, the, the United socialist party or something right. like that. Here's some literature. <laughs> Would you like and you're like, Oh, by? thank you. I will see you at that meeting. You know, it's, <laughs> it was, it's really weird. It's the Mitch Hedberg thing. When someone gives you a flyer, it's like, they're saying here, you throw this away. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're, I don't know. I think that, I don't know. I, it's it's funny. Like, do you understand sort of my point of where I see the redemption for this one coming from? Like, I I think it's a bad episode, but I feel I don't know if tweaks would have changed anything to it. It's just very odd. So we can talk about the um the wharf the wharf story, which the wharf story actually torpedoes the episode for me because of how stupid mm. it is. Like, I'm going along. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like this is a two out of five, and then the wharf story happens, and it's it's definitely a one out of five for me to spoil the ending of what this rating is, but. The his story is so manipulative and like it's clearly written in there to get them out of this story and make you feel bad for Worf. And A, he's never he's never mentioned anything like this before. This is a very brutal story that everyone sort of like passes the buck on for McHale, for uh, Mikhail or whatever this kid's name is that died. And it just comes across as like a uh they wrote it in there because they needed Worf to be redeemed at the end. We learned something about him, and then it just ties everything up neatly, and Dax is allowed to again be in a relationship with him, even though being in a relationship with Worf seems like it's a pretty abusive thing at that point. Like, they're, they're, it's mm. tough to save him by then. So what would you think of Worf's little story? Uh, I thought it was terrible. I, it was... I, it, it sort of is a good illustration of what I'm talking about, about him being very passive and not actually involved in what the problem is, because 
he's basing they're basing all of his actions on something that we don't know about and we can't possibly care about right like that that story at the end is not going to it does not really inform anything he's done you know it's it you you're you are by that by that metric the story um the story that they're telling with Worf is that he doesn't do things because one time, but way before we knew him, he did do something and it turned out bad. So now he just doesn't do things. Right. I, and that's not very interesting. No, I, f- I feel you can draw a better idea of who Worf is through all the previous episodes of Star Trek we've seen with yeah. him. Like this, yeah, this one story. Yeah, you don't need it. Yeah, this one story is unnecessary. It's more, Worf doesn't need that story because he could really just describe his own character in that moment and it would make more sense and instead it's just it's it's almost a parody like my amy laughed out loud when he was like i looked down and he was dead like it's it's like yeah. a, it's just this goofy almost a dark comic parody of what his story should actually be and the fact that he died is just ridiculous but i, I agree that basing it on Worf having trouble distinguishing what he is as a person, whether or not he's like a full Klingon or he's adopted these Federation values, fits better in that moment and makes Dax. And I would believe that Dax would relate to that better than this stupid story that he tells her. Yeah, and it's it's also kind of inconsistent with the way he's been presented up to this point. Because like before this episode, I've never felt that Worf is actively trying to repress anything. Right. Like he's yeah. he's trying to be a Klingon, yes, and that has certain um, parameters on it that he's trying to follow. But I've never felt like he's actively repressing having a good time or act actively repressing uh, showing emotion to people in certain way. Like he, he's there have been plenty of episodes where he's been kind of out there a little bit, and it's never been an issue because he had a flashback to that time he killed a kid by accident. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. It's um, and I think you're right. I think just him talking about his character would be much more effective because it's something everybody who watches the show can relate to because they're aware of that's what it is. Yeah. And it also, it also makes their argument have a little bit more meat to it because she can call him on his bullshit and then he can describe his character and she can be like, well, yeah, that's not entirely true because, and then call you know, the, the, the argument then becomes, has more weight to it instead of just a one-sided thing. And then they give him the get out of jail free card. Cause one time he killed somebody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just after the, as we were lining up for a corner kick, it just makes me laugh. It's like, one. you know, it's like if you got into an argument with your significant other, and then all of a sudden they're like, you have no idea what I've been through. When I was five, I accidentally killed my friend. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, it Honey, I just asked if you could please put the dishes away. It, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. that would ramp down the conversation. That would only ramp things up. I think. Yeah. Like that, that would not close out your argument. That would be like, are you what that? What? Are you it's kidding like, me? do you remember in Arrested Development when uh, uh, they're, they're all being really mean to Lucille or something? And then she just goes. Oh, they've all been secretly talking about how she's a terrible mother. And then she, you know, get into a situation where she does something shitty. And then she just goes, I'm the most terrible mother. And then everyone goes, you're not the world, yeah, most yeah. terrible mother. You know, that it's that it's she's that aware kind of, of thing. It. Where yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah, you're it's it's I mean, I know he's not doing this, but it feels like he's just making himself a martyr. So someone will will uh, will feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we're. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with this one, or you think we should give uh, final thoughts? No, I think that's pretty much it. I had written, I had written on my notes. Uh, this episode feels like Darmok and Greg, <laughs> which I thought was a fun joke. Because <laughs> <laughs> the end, the end of the episode when they're when they're talking, it's like it seems like the setup for a, a different pilot. Yeah, where it's like. Uh, the freewheeling, the freewheeling Dax and the uptight Wharf. How will they ever find out? How will they ever coexist in the same apartment as as a relationship? And then I was like, that's basically Dharma and Greg. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, one step further, and you've got comedy gold. It is um, on a production level not easy to shoot on the beach. Everything looks like shit. Yeah, uh, they should just yeah. not. They should really just try to avoid doing that. Vanessa Williams. We haven't even talked about Vanessa Williams is in this episode for some reason. Um, as, Man, I had a huge crush on her when I was a kid. Yeah, she 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 does look good in this one too. But I I think they've now confirmed the fact that Curzon died having sex with her. I guess, which, yeah. which seems <laughs> odd because the flashback in Emissary, he did not seem like I didn't see Vanessa Williams riding him as he was on that table there getting the decks and being moved over. Um, well, hey, you know, you never know what was going on. 
<laughs> you can't show some things on TV, but she's in it for no reason. Uh, it's kind of a, it's, it feels like a very dated nineties guest star of the week thing where she is just, yeah. she's like the, you know, the beach counselor or something like that. And also worst, worst alien makeup they've ever done. Yeah. So like a white sticker. It's just like they went down the line with like a rubber stamp and just started hitting people in the forehead. <laughs> well, I, I do have one thing I want to talk about. Um, does okay so what what happens here is Worf causes this terrorist attack that basically doesn't kill anybody but it causes it to rain for a couple days in a row yeah everyone after a couple days looks like they are on the verge of suicide with how much this rain has affected them (laughs) is the fundamentalist essentialist correct in that these people can't actually handle a bad thing that's about to happen to them uh, kinda. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, if you want to look at it that way, yeah, I honestly, I think the more accurate way or the more, uh, impactful way to handle it would have been like if it was raining all the time. So everyone was just in their rooms having sex or something where it was like, <laughs> great. Now we don't even have to go outside. Like, it, like a Grinch situation yeah. where they take, he takes all the presents and everybody still celebrates Christmas anyway. I like, uh, yeah, I liked Quark. I mean, maybe it's just the fact that once you get inundated with something, it loses its luster. I like in the fact that you're in a world where you can basically give someone a statue and they'll have sex with you. Quark is like, you can't play hoverball inside. <laughs> like, yes. That's, yeah. It's just not, I, li- I like that there's an audience for hoverball. Everyone is so fucked out at this point that they're like, I'm going to go watch a sporting event inside, even though I don't care for it. Yeah. Tiring, tiring stuff that they're going on. Um at this point, at this point, I would go back and retell my uh, fish and chip story from Jamaica, but you guys can <laughs> go back and listen to other podcasts to hear that. <laughs> I think we're done. Uh, I think we're done with that. So we're going to take a break, play an audio clip. We'll come back, read some patron thoughts, give our final thoughts about Let He Who Is Without Sin. You know from the age of seven, I was raised by humans on the farm world of Galt. It was a sparsely populated world, no more than 20,000 inhabitants. It often seemed as though everyone knew everybody else. But one thing was for certain, everybody knew me. I was the Klingon child, the uncontrollable one. I was the biggest, the strongest, the most fearless child on the entire planet. I fought hard, played hard, did as I pleased. What changed? When I was 13, I was captain of my school soccer team. We had made the championships and I was determined to win. Near the end of the second half with the score tied, my team got a corner kick. Ball sailed up high. Both I and one of my opponents, a human boy named Mikel, leapt up to head the ball. He had position, but I was determined to score. I remember laughing with excitement as I threw myself at him. Go on. The next thing I knew, the ball was sailing into their goal. I roared with triumph and turned around to Mikhail to gloat, only to find him lying in the grass, bleeding. Our heads had collided when we both went up for the ball. I had not felt the impact, but I had broken his neck, and he died the next day. All right, everybody. So if you support the show on patreon.com slash the Penske file, you can leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes. We'll read them and react to them. Holly McLaughlin says, let he who is without sin, even in the future, political orientations will always be with us. The best part is how they made the new essentialists reasonable with non-lunatic arguments. Struggle is a big part of what makes us human, so what happens to a society privileged enough to relegate the struggling to a minority? Does it matter that the minority is made up of volunteers? Great fodder for moral reflection, which is one of the things that Star Trek is best at. Holly might have seen the uh, the best side of the rose, I think, in that story. I was um, going to say, what episode did she watch? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Cobb says, let he who is without <clears throat> sin. Fun, fun episode. So very wharf. Quark became a bit too stereotypical Yiddish complainer in the shuttle at the beginning, but the rest was fine. I can't decide if it makes sense Worf was so willing to collaborate with the essentialists or if it was out of character. I felt that Dax did a good job acting in this. Not a lot of the wise old man on the surface, more of the young woman is out for display. However, the maturity of her decisions, like not being dragged down by Worf, dismissing the essentialists and recognizing them for what they are, and finally forcing Worf to communicate with her about his adolescent homicide, felt, <laughs> felt like the logic thought process of a mature person with a lot of life experience under her belt. No way to say this. Uh, Well, let me finish this and then you can feedback. So no way to say this without coming across as sexist, but Dax in the bathing suit, uh, uh, Dax in the bathing suit was hardly comparable in beauty 
to stellar phenomena. Oh, okay, yeah, right. So Worf compares her to the star. Maybe it was racy in the 90s, but the attention they drew to her taking off her cover-up resulted in an okay, so what, and not a jopping draw. I think it's the first time I've ever seen it's not a shirt that's taken off, it's her pants that are taken yeah. off, and like have yeah. a, a character react to that. It was very strange. It was a reversal. Yeah, you, it's kind of weird that it's like, it is supposed to be this big reveal, but you're already like 50% there. Yeah, she's wearing you know, a lifeguard like, swimsuit. It's not like a bikini yeah. or anything. She's just wearing a full bathing suit. If she'd been wearing like a full body coverall or something, it might have been more of a of a moment. I mean uh, this not that she is not a very attractive woman, but you know. Everyone everyone should be naked on this planet, right? Like that's the way it that's what you're trying to imply going on here. It's weird yeah. that they all have swimsuits. They obviously can't yeah. shoot it that way, but that would be the way that it would happen. Yeah, uh, or like, or barely, barely, barely there. Right. Yes, more like um, the Justice Planet in TNG. TNG. Did you have something you wanted to say? say? Yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to say was, uh, do you, would he, do you think it would make more sense if the fundamentalist turned out to be the Maquis? And why would they be doing that? Is that not sort of? Well, I guess that's not really the same thing. They're about different things, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think of any of, moral component or any sort of like uh, conservative component to the Maquis, if that's where you're yeah, leaning towards. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to think of a way that they would be less that that it would that, add a little bit some some more juice to it, where like that it would be a big deal that Worf was agreeing with them because sure, it's not sure. really a big deal. But. I like the Bajoran angle. If they were Bajorans yeah. who had some sort of thing, I think Worf doing that would make a lot of sense. Uh, let he who is without sin. This is a comment from Christian Pouch. Let he who is without sin skip this episode, hashtag change my view. I understand they want to flesh out Worf's backstory, but the whole episode seems ridiculous and farcical and Worf comes off like an asshat. It's a week two out of five. Some uh, contradictory opinions here from the yeah. the listeners. Kyle Barrett, let he who is without sin. I feel like the relative success of looking for Parmok in all the wrong places may have made the writers disillusioned as to what sort of places the show should go. Nothing in the episode works. It's weird, creepy, awkward, and ridiculous. And while you can see what they wanted to explore with Worf, the execution is terrible and he comes across as a complete prick. I also think it was a mistake to have the villain say things like, heaven help us. I can see what they were going for, but religious dialogue sticks out like a sore thumb in Star Trek. Although, having said all that, and maybe this is just me, but I thought Worf's soccer injury story might might be the most unintentionally hilarious thing in all of Star Trek. It almost makes the episode worth it. Almost. Poindexter G. Um, Go ahead. Religious dialogue sticks out like a sore thumb, but soccer dialogue just fits right in. It does. They're on a string of these things. They said Thursday in a couple episodes ago, and now they've said corner kick from soccer, which is just even more absurd. Poindexter G says, let he who is without sin, how is Worf still in Starfleet after this? He essentially helps terrorists hijack the weather control system of a Federation planet. Somehow everyone's reaction to this is, well, this is a bit of a bother. So much for my vacation. Vanessa Williams stars in a role that's basically just, we have a famous person willing to be on DS9, so we must show her off. It is true. Also, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say also, Worf, Worf's thing in this episode is, is basically, it's more of a Spock thing, isn't it? It's it's basically the same thing that they they gave to Spock in the in the Kelvin movies where he's like extra extra Vulcan because he one time he punched a guy you yes, know right it's yeah it's it's a little weird sorry didn't mean yeah to he's um that's true it's a good point and I guess they tied in with the the story a little bit there but I yeah yeah we kind of touched on that I don't think I can really expand um, Matthew Ross says this is the last one I think let me see yes the last one. Matthew Ross says, let he who is without sin be like the rest of us and avoid the episode. I do so hate this one. Please someone take the pole out of Worf's ass. Clearly he needs a super big gulp of prune juice and maybe an enema. An episode that should have been called Ruining It for Everyone, exploring when a conservative <laughs> political movement hates on a carefree vacation resort with a false equivalency. Man, I get so mad when I see this episode I want to scream. This surpasses fascination for a terrible story. Just because people have a good time does not make them weak. The only point you can take from that is that Lita is more of a regular character and likes rom the more advanced the mind the more the need for play as was said in tus's shore leave speaking of which let us leave this episode behind and cast it into the fires of oblivion yeah i mean maybe we should just touch on this so i uh i don't know if i'm disagreeing with matt here but i think that the i I think the the fundamental problem here if we haven't touched on it enough is that i don't really understand the point of the essentialists. Like I, I, yeah. <laughs> I do understand what they're talking about, but I don't understand how this is a fundamental thing that ties into the fact that 
you shouldn't have a vacation at the same time. It feels like they're more workaholics than anything else. Like it's like, you got to be out there doing your job when things are going to go bad. Otherwise things are uh, really going to go bad. And I don't feel they're grounded enough. Maybe they're, as Kyle was saying, they're trying to do things like add heaven help us to the dialogue, but it comes across as muddled. What, what if instead of having the fundamentalists at all, you and you take your cold open and instead of spending it with gossipy relationship talk, um, establish that maybe, <coughs> excuse me, maybe something has just happened that Worf feels responsible for. Yes. And so then you send them down to this planet and then he comes to these realizations on his own instead of be so like he's got this thing on his mind. So when they or like they get a report that uh, some outpost had just been destroyed or some shit like that by the Dominion. So then they go down to the planet and Worf can't relax. A, because I guess he killed some kid or uh, or <laughs> take that out. And it's, you know, it's part of his character. But also B, he's concerned about being unprepared for the dominion so then he is internally naturally generating these feelings of you people are just literally fucking around what's going to happen when the dominion come like that you know have it go from there instead of having it be an external force pressed onto him you know yeah i mean that's funny because i feel that that I feel that that is part of the series, but they don't really hammer it home all that frequently. Like I feel that Dominion do exist as a constant threat in the background of this show in a way that on Mm -hmm. TNG and stuff, you didn't really have, they don't, the, the, you know, the episodic nature of it conflicts with that a little bit because a lot of the episodes don't touch on it at all. And it seems like people don't really care about it, but maybe if you're, if you're considering this more of a serialized thing than it is, you probably would see that i suppose like you i I think you're right that you'd want kind of a light reminder of what's going on but i do feel that it's built into what's already there and it would be easy to do that so if you had a planet that got attacked by the gemidar or something you could easily uh, skew off into this thing yeah yeah um so what are you going to give this one our scale of one to five uh yeah i'm going to give it a one i think i i really hated this episode you sound like it's the worst you sound like it's the worst episode you've seen in a long time it, it for me it is. I I really really dislike this episode. Hmm. I I don't even know. See the problem is though, I don't know if I'd necessarily say it's a like the worst episode as far as quality goes because it's probably better than some in the first and second season. Like yes. it's not like storyline wise, it's boring and ham fisted, but it's not egregiously terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just. I don't know. I just, I just really think it's at this point in the show, this is not the kind of story. This is not, if they're going to tell this story, they should be smarter about it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'd agree. It's it's a bigger mistake to be in your fifth year and put out an episode like this than to be in your first Mm -hmm. year and put out a similar episode. Yeah. Um, They, they, because they, they clearly know what the tone of the show is. Like they've been doing good episodes with it. They know what will work. It's weird that they thought that this could potentially have some kind of like impact that work. It's another, a little thing of Ira Bear. He tends to like this kind of stuff, and I don't know if it ever really pays off for him in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. I'm also going to give it a one. It is pretty bad. This is, to uh, rest your mind, this is easily the worst episode of the season. Uh, so we've got that out of the way. <laughs> and I think that um, that's about it. It's a one for me. It doesn't really work on any level. I think that the Worf storyline is kind of okay. They just approach it horribly. Like every angle yeah. going into Worf is a bad idea. And the pleasure planet of Riza continues to never quite live up to what people are trying to tell me that it is. And I think they should just avoid that place. Maybe mention has this place shown up before it has in TNG, uh, captain's holiday. Picard goes there. I don't remember that. Anyway. Yep. Um, that's about it. I'm going to give it a one. Clay will give it a one worst episode of the season so far. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Facebook, Twitter, all those things. Discord. If you want to actually talk, uh, you can go to Discord channel, patreon.com slash the Penske file if you want to support the show there. A couple extra bucks to get extra stuff. And then I won't say rate the show on iTunes anymore. If um, if you're out there perusing the internet and you're on Reddit or something like that and you see a uh, what's this Star Trek podcast you listen to, why not uh, plug this podcast? That'd be much appreciated. Someone, Some kind listener did that on Reddit recently, and I think that that is probably more effective than the ratings and everything kind of self-obvious but thank you to that uh redditor i won't i won't blow up your name or anything i don't have it available but uh thank you for leaving feedback about the show thank you for bringing it to other people's attentions 
Much appreciated. And if you guys would want to do that or you see any kind of internet thing where you can mention the show, and if you think that the show is worth mentioning, please do. Helps out a great deal. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, no, the I guess the final issue of Poser's out right now. If you guys want to pick that up, I'd be much obliged. Um, and hopefully we'll be back with some more Batman badass fairly soon. No definite date, but I uh, may as well throw it out there. But that's about it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. We're uh, We're working on... A somewhat new show that'll come out potentially soon, probably before the end of the month, because they're pretty easy to record. Um, so that's working in the fires. In- Dry politics is what it's going to be. <laughs> Dry foreign politics. It's going to be uh, Hannity. And- Was it Hannity and Combs? Was that the original thing or Crossfire I think on so. CNN? Yeah. We're just going to do our own version of, uh, of that and really get blown up. Um I think that's it. Let he who is without sin. We both gave it a one pretty bad episode. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for leaving your comments. <clears throat> Ooh, Discovery is now in full swing too. This will be the first episode that'll air uh, while Discovery is running. So hopefully we're enjoying that. You guys can also I would check also that out. like to say they have just recently announced that George Zhao is getting her own show. Mm-hmm. Section 31 so show. That's going to be, we're going to have, assuming that all of these shows flourish and do not get canceled. Uh, we're going to have Discovery. Lower Decks, the un, the Untitled Picard show, and a George Ash show, at the very least, four more Star Trek shows. Well, there's there's also a Starfleet Academy show, and there's another animated series that they're making. Oh, there are Jesus two animated Christ. series. So there's like six more Star Trek shows in the works. I don't know. Are we going to cover all of these shows? No. Because there's, there's... <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like just reading that is making me like tense in the chest not that i don't enjoy doing this but if i had to rank them the picard show is clearly number one for me yes in doing coverage and then they would sort of skitter out after that i i have not much interest in the animated series um starfleet academy doesn't sound very interesting the the new short tracks are easy but it definitely on the horizon the picard show is my number one most interested show out of all of them that we're gonna that i would assume we're gonna be covering at that point when it comes out next year yeah, I would be. I would say Picard is number one. Uh, I don't think the George Ow show is necessarily. We. I, I, I don't know. It just seems like it's going to be more discovery, more of the same kind yeah. of vibe of that. Yeah. Uh, I might be. It might be interesting to do the animated, the lower decks, just to see to look at what comedy looks like if yeah. it's just straight comedy. Those are also short. Um, I'd assume they have to be probably twenty-two minute <laughs> episodes. Yeah, but the only the only reason I I'm would be excited about this is just because it makes means that we don't have to cover Voyager. Yes, that's the other the other thing. We might be at a point where uh, we will jump after we're done with DS Nine, which is still another little ways away, quite a ways away. Um, yeah, Voyager will will not be waiting for us in the wings because we'll have all this other Star Trek that'll be popped up at that point. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to. Oh, just before we go, I'm rewatching. Uh, don't it doesn't matter because Discovery's already started. I'll I'll mention this on some other video or something. But I uh, did a Discovery rewatch, which has been glutton for punishment. Yeah, funny. <laughs> so I don't have enough going on. Uh, that's about it. We're done with this. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for uh, supporting the show, and we will see you next time with Things Past. Is the next episode? I'm pretty sure. Things Past. Yes. So we will see you in a couple days. Thanks. 